The following program is provided by Renew Your Mind Ministries. Welcome to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God radio program, an in-depth study of the Word of God. The program name is from Romans 12.2, which says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Welcome back to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God program, where we take a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Word of God. And we are currently in the book of John. We took the month of July off. I can confess that it was not a planned time off, but God wills being done. We, it ended up being that way, and that we took off the month of July to take a rest. We had been going strong for six months, and God saw fit for us to take the seventh month off, and that we did. And so now we're going to pick back up where we left off in the book of John, and we are glad that you have been listening. We are praise God for you, and we're going to continue our in-depth study of God's holy word in the New Testament, specifically in John chapter 5. We're going to hopefully today get through the rest of chapter 5 and get into chapter 6 through verse 13 of chapter 6. If not, we will go as further as far as we can. And if the Lord says the same, we will pick up on next week where we left off. Remember our last episode when we were dealing in chapter 5 of the book of John found in the New Testament that Jesus had just healed the man who had been paralyzed for almost 40 years. And despite this miracle, the religious leaders at that time started to persecute Jesus because he had the nerve to break or violate one of their man-made rules of not doing certain things on the Sabbath when he told after healing the man on the Sabbath and telling and telling him to pick up his bed and walking. And because of that, the religious leaders will start to persecute Jesus and they confronted Jesus. And we he, we see in these verses that we studied in the last episode, and I would encourage you to look back at those episodes and we continue in this episode, Jesus defense of himself that he is the Messiah and the things that he's doing is of God. And we will see Jesus also tell them that the reason why they can't see the truth in the light, because they're not about seeking things of God, even though they are supposed to be the teachers of God, of the word of God and the religious leaders, that they're more interested in in puffing themselves up, looking themselves good. They're not interested in the truth. And so that's what we're going to see, one of the things we're going to see in this episode. But before we get started, I would like to remind you that you can catch past episodes and future episodes on our website or renewyourmindministries.org. And ministry, that's plural, that's M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S on the end of renewyourmindministries.org. And also to remind you, not only can you catch past and future episodes on our website, you can also find those websites, or excuse me, or those episodes on any podcasting platform such as Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, she will play it, as well as Apple Podcasts, anywhere where they play 
podcast, you can hear this podcast of Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God podcast, along with our sister podcast. There's two of them. That's the God Revelation podcast, where we're taking a verse by verse chapter by chapter study of the word of God in the book of Revelation, which reveals the revelation of coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the good news of that, as well as the Holy Spirit podcast. So it's three separate podcasts. All three can be found on our website of RenewYourMindMinistries.org, as well as all three can be found on any podcasting platform. And also they can be found and heard on Facebook. That's Facebook dot com forward slash renew your mind ministries inc again that's facebook.com slash renew your mind ministries inc and i also want to encourage you to share the website or share the podcast if your spirit is being fed and i pray that it is by studying an in-depth study of the word of god share that with someone that's a thing that is something that we should share with others we oftentimes share things about opinions on uh, a movie or a book or this or that and we gladly share that information yet we're hesitant to share the word of god those things are gonna they're good and they have their place but they're gonna pass away god's word according to his word is never gonna pass away is alive and well and powerful and we ought to be sharing it with others so i encourage you to share this program with others I also encourage you to study your Bible. That's always a good thing. God has given us his word. Think about it. The creator of the universe has given us his word in the Bible. And we should study that as the word encourages us to do, to study the word. It, and so we should do that. And we should also share when others are teaching God's word unfiltered. We ought to share that. The, this world needs God's word explain more so than ever you can look around and see all the things that's going on in this world and nothing can save us and bring comfort to us other than god's word it leads into salvation there are people that may need to hear this word because they need to be saved they need to know that jesus the only begotten son of god died for their sins and that god the father raised him from the dead and they can have eternal life by recognizing and believing that that happened for them because he died for us. But you have to believe it and hear it. And the word says, how can they believe if they don't hear? So I cannot stress it enough. Share programs where people are teaching the word of God. And I pray that's what I'm doing, that I'm obeying God by teaching this word. And it's meant for someone. God's word will not return to him in vain. So I encourage you, share the program with someone. We're trying to share the best thing that's in this, in this world. And that's God in his word, in Jesus, which is found in his word. All right. So as we traditionally do, what we're going to do is we're going to read all the verses and then we're going to go back and break them down. So if you would, you open your Bible to the book of John in the New Testament, chapter five, or open your Bible app. We are currently in the book of John, chapter five, and we're going to pick up with verse 41, but we're going to focus on verses 43 on through chapter six. Hopefully we get through to verse 13. All right. And I'm reading from the NIV version. So my 
uh, the words that you see in your particular Bible or Bible app may look a little different from mine. And as I always encourage you to do, if you're reading a Bible that is using old English and you do not understand it, get you a different translation. For example, the NIV, um, the New American Standard Bible, the Amplified Bible, um, there are new updated versions, a new updated translations of the Bible where they're using English in which we speak today without changing the translation from the original Arabic, Greek, and Hebrew that the Bible was written in. All right. And I'm going to back up a little bit to verse 41 in John chapter 5. And remember what we're picking up on is that Jesus has healed the man who had been uh, paralyzed for almost 40 years. The religious leaders have started to persecute Jesus and confront him about disobeying or violating their man-man law. And so Jesus is confronting them uh, about their persecution and trying to prove to them that he is of God, but they're not trying to hear it. So that's what's going on. I'm going to pick up and back up at verse 41 and read through chapter 6, verse 13. Verse 41, I do not accept glory for human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. Verse 43, I have come in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you would accept him. Verse 44, how can you believe since you accept glory for one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the father. Your accuser is Moses on whom you your hopes are set. If you believe Moses, you will believe me for he wrote about me. Verse 47. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? And that's the end of chapter five. Now on to chapter six, where we look at the miracle of Jesus feeding. Well, actually, it was more than five thousand. But we're going to look at chapter six or start to read in chapter six of John out of the New Testament. Verse one. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. Verse number two. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. Verse four. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Verse six. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Verse seven. Philip answered him. It will take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Verse eight. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Verse 13. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Verse 13. So they 
gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity once again to study your word. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for your only begotten son, Jesus, who you sent to die for our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you obeyed the father even unto death, dying for our sins while we were yet still in sin. Thank you, Father God, that you raised him by the power of the Holy Spirit from death because he was perfect and sinless, making him an offering for our sins. Father God, we ask that you open up our ears, our hearts, and our minds as we listen and study your word, that we may apply it to your word, that you may open it up to us, O oh Father. We thank you and all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. All right, so let's go back to verse number 42 of John chapter 5 and put in perspective and then we're going to start and we're going to take actually verses 42 and 43 together and then we're going to break it down. All right. Verse 42 or the last part of verse 42. But I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. Verse number 43. I have come in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you would accept them. And again, this is Jesus talking to those religious leaders who was persecuting him for disobeying their man-made rules. And Jesus is telling them, because you don't know the Father, despite your claims of otherwise, because again, these were the religious leaders who claimed to know the word of God, who claimed to know God, but yet when his only begotten son, who, were, who they were read about in the Old Testament, they did not know him. And so Jesus is telling them, you don't accept me because at the end of the day, you don't know the Father. Jesus also pointed out the Jewish religious leaders are willing to accept false teachers, though, going back to that verse when it says, but if someone else comes in his own name, you would accept them. So these religious leaders would be willing to accept a false prophet, but the only begotten son who they have supposed to have known about by studying the Old Testament, who predicted that Jesus would eventually come, the Messiah would come. They didn't recognize. They didn't know. Moving on to verse number 44 of John chapter 5. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? They place, that is the Jewish religious leaders at that time, they place great emphasis on the ideas of other men. They place themselves on a pedestal above others. They claim to have great knowledge and yet and yet they rejected evidence related to Jesus because they refused to believe him. Go back and read John chapter five, verse thirty nine through forty. Their refusal to believe Jesus shows the truth of their so-called faith in God. It was a make believe faith. It was a front. It was all for show. They didn't believe in God. They believe in the position and the status by being a religious leader provided to them. And when Jesus came along and threatened that, they started to persecute him. Verse number 45. But do not think I will accuse you before the father. Your accuser is Moses on whom your hopes are set. The Pharisees, again, those were the religious leaders or sect of religious leaders, considered themselves absolute experts on the law of Moses found in the Old Testament. That's what they read. That's what they studied. That's what they portrayed to the, the, the common man. This was their identity that, oh, I'm a Pharisee. Look at my long robe. Look at my clothes. Sound familiar? 
in verse 45 here, Jesus pointedly tells the Pharisees that the very law they claim to be experts in condemns their actions and support his claims of being the Messiah. Verse number 46. If you believe Moses, Jesus tell them, you will believe me for he wrote about me. They claim to believe in the word of Moses, what Moses wrote. Jesus called their claim a lie. Since the Old Testament predicted Jesus, as we talked about before, and the Pharisees to re refuse to accept Jesus, they don't really want to know the will of God. They're more concerned about the rules and laws of other men that they have made up to control the people. Moses did write about Jesus. Look at Genesis 3.15, Genesis 17.18. Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 19. Again, the Old Testament throughout from the very beginning talked about and predicted that one day God would send his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world. And these very men who had the privilege to study the word of God didn't see it because they weren't interested in really finding the truth of God. They was interested in studying the word of God to call themselves a Pharisee so they can stand out among other people so people could praise them so people could follow their rules. They weren't searching for God. Verse number 47. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Jesus made the point in verse 47 that those who reject the written word of God aren't going to accept anything because, again, God word talks about Jesus predicted Jesus here. He's on the scene in the flesh. He's performing miracles, which they cannot deny because they knew the man. He had been there 40 years at the pool and these other miracles. They knew these individuals. They could not deny the miracles. But when man don't want to believe something, no matter what you do or say, they're not going to believe it until God changes their heart. Now, moving on to chapter six of John gospel out of the new testament and here we're going to see jesus feeds the multitude reading verse number one verse number one of chapter six sometimes after this jesus crossed to the far shore of the sea of galilee that is the sea of tiberias continuing to keep it together and keep it in context verse number two and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he performed by healing the sick sometime after this exchange with the religious leaders jesus crossed over to the galilee which is a a sea there in the Middle East. Jesus' ministry is gaining significant public notice because think about it. You have this guy that's on the scene that he's healing people and the word is spreading like wildfire because again, the miracles were undeniable. People knew these people. They knew when they saw the miracles, it was not somebody coming on trying to pull a wool over their eyes. They knew these were legitimate things that was occurring. And so naturally, if these things would happen today, it would people, the, the word would spread and cause attention. So the word about Jesus is spreading just like it was about John the Baptist. There's is spreading and he's attracting multitude of people everywhere he go because they want miracles. They want the signs. They want to be healed. The people that Jesus healed, they weren't the only people, as you can imagine, that needed a healing. And so they were going after and following Jesus because they wanted something from him. They want either witness the miracles themselves or they needed a miracle themselves. Moving on to verse number three. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. 
and we're going to continue to read to keep it in context. Verse number four, the Jewish Passover festival was near. Also based upon the New Testament context, this context, this particular Passover would have been the year prior to Jesus crucifixion, because what we're moving into is ultimately moving, moving to the crucifixion. That means the death, burial and the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Verse number five of John chapter six. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? John chapter six, verse six. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus asked the disciples, how will they solve the problem of a hungry crowd in order to test their faith? Jesus already knows exactly how he's going to address this problem. What he wants to see and hear from the disciples is where they will turn for answers to their hardships. Verse number seven. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Because, again, there are thousands and thousands of people, some estimate 10 to 15,000. We're going to talk about that later. That was following him at this time. Because, again, they've witnessed this great miracle of this man who had been suffering from this infirmity for 40 years that they all knew. And so when he healed him, the word got out and people started to follow him. And they're going to see another miracle when he feeds all of them with five loaves of bread. And these are small loaves of bread and two small fish. And we see in verse seven, Philip seems to be focused on the financial solution to the problem. Verse number eight, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Verse number nine, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So now we have another disciple. Andrew brings a donation of food from a small boy. Verse number 10 of John chapter six. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. You would notice in verse number 10, it says 5,000 men. Men were there. That's why some estimate that really Jesus fed 10 to 15,000 people, because if there was 5,000 men alone there, that's not including that most likely there were children there. There were women there. And so if you throw in the number of women that was there, children were there on top of the 5,000 men, Jesus actually fed off those five loaves of bread and two fish, probably between 10 to 15,000, if not more people. What a mighty God that we serve. Verse number 11, Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Jesus tested his disciples during this time by asking them how to feed a massive hungry crowd. Their responses all shared a common error, which we suffer from today, dependency on human efforts. Instead of going to God, we think about what we can do in our own human strength. Jesus, on the other hand, would demonstrate that human effort is valuable only after 
only after it's brought under the blessing and power of God. It is no accident that Jesus begins first by giving thanks to God, as we all should do. This fact is specifically repeated later in verse number 23. This, we will see, is the fourth of John's seven miracles or signs which prove Jesus is God. Verse number 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. In response, Jesus miraculously provides not just a solution, but an abundance. More than it was needed to solve the problem. Everyone ate their fill, which means in the Greek, they ate today was satisfied. They were full. Every person in that massive audience was able to eat until their hunger was gone. They were satisfied. It was just not like an appetizer. They was just enough. They were full based off of his blessing, his blessing, the abundance Again, off five small barley loaves and two fish. What a mighty God we serve. This is meant to teach us a primary lesson. God's word is, he says, is, is good for teaching. Disciples were overly concerned with their own efforts, ignoring the problem, worrying about money, looking at their limited resources. Not heavenly resources, not looking it to God. Instead of lamenting how massive the need is, our approach should be simply bring God all we have and let him handle the results. When God gives us a challenge, he expects us to apply efforts and resource to it. Look at Galatians chapter three, verse 23 through 25. But at the same time, he wants us to proceed in faith. Not in despair. That begins by putting the matter in God's hands first, which is exactly what Jesus did in this situation. And then our final verse, verse 13. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Jesus does more than just miraculous feed upwards of five to 10 or 15,000 people with the content of a boy's small lunch. He turns that small offering into such so much food that the disciples use 12 baskets left over to collect the leftovers. Think about that. What a mighty God that we serve. And not only can did he do it then, he can do it now if we put our faith into him. We serve a mighty God. A God is so mighty that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to come and die for our sins, making that sacrifice that each one of us, paying that penalty that each one of us should have paid, death and hell. But he so loved us according to his word that he gave and sent his only begotten son to do it. If you are listening to this program and if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. Now is the time to do so. Do not wait another minute. It's not promised to you. Another minute is not promised to any of us. So don't think and say, well, I can do it next Sunday. I can do it tomorrow. 
those things are not promised to us. But what is promised to us is the hope and the guarantee, not the hope, but the guarantee that if you do what God's word says, which is believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus, God's only begotten son, died for your sins, you shall be saved. You shall become a part of his godly family. That you shall live with him forever in peace, in comfort, no more sorrow. That's guaranteed. How do we know it's guaranteed? Because it's in his word. And God is not a man that he have to lie. That's guaranteed. Death is guaranteed. And God's word of salvation and the rest of his word is guaranteed. So if you're listening to this program right now, take this opportunity. I plead with you. I beg with you to accept that guarantee. And if that's you, repeat this prayer after me. If you feel it in your heart, that you believe it in your heart and you feel God's tugging your heart to do that, do that right now. Secure your spot. Say, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I confess and I believe that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, to die for my sins. I am a sinner. I need your son Jesus and his sacrifice for my sins. I believe and confess that you raised him from the dead because he was sinless. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I thank you for forgiving my sins. In Jesus' holy name, amen. And if God touched your heart to believe that and you confess that according to his perfect and infallible and powerful word, you are saved from his wrath. You're now part of a royal priesthood, a godly family, heir and joint heir with his only begotten son, Jesus. And you can take that to the bank. If you can't believe anything else, you can believe God's word. And it's not about how you feel. Salvation is not about a feeling, not to say you can't feel anything. But if you don't ever feel anything, you can trust and believe in his word. Above all. So don't be discouraged about a feeling. Don't be looking for a feeling. Trust and believe in God and his word. It's not based upon a feeling. It's based upon you knowing you know that you know that you know. And you know that you can trust God at his word. And don't let anyone persuade you otherwise. Until next time, I ask that you will pray for me and I will pray for you. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. We pray that this Bible study has blessed you. If you have a prayer request, you can email it to renewyourmindm at gmail.com or mail it to P.O. Box 721143, Jackson, Mississippi, 39272. Remember, you can hear current and past episodes at any time on our website of renewyourmindministries.org or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Audible, and Google Podcasts. We encourage you to tell others about the program and share our website of renewyourmindministries.org. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. By telling others about the program, you are doing your part to spread the gospel into all the world about our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Until next time, this has been Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God.